glorify you, Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the blood. Your blood. Perfect blood. Through faith in that blood. We've been justified by grace. I thank you, Father, for all that you are, all that you're going to do. Every day, Father, our desire to empty out intensifies every day. Every day. Desire to empty out. Growing, Father, in your grace and increasing the knowledge of Christ. I love you, praise you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. Great job, Robert. I don't know if it's my recent level of understanding grace or Robert just got it going on today. What do you think it is, Robert? You got it going on today, brother? Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory. Is there standing room only today? You guys know of? What's that? For you and Kirsten? <laughs> My buddies, Kirsten and Terry, good friends of mine. Too bad we're all not guys. We'd watch football together. They're so close to us. But they're girls. We can't watch football together. Hallelujah. Good friends of mine. Uh, I haven't talked to Pastor. He's, uh, I did talk to him a little bit. Uh, he gave me a message from somebody. Basically, he, somebody forwarded him a message. And he forwarded the message to me. We talked a little bit, but I don't like to bother him much when he's over there. So I leave him alone. Uh, thank you guys for coming out. Uh, we're going to review a little bit on what we've been teaching on grace. But I just want to tell all you guys that, man, I think I'm falling in love with you. <laughs> I really am. Now that I'm being enlightened to the true biblical understanding of, of grace, the true grace of God. How many of you know that the grace of God has been, more or less, has been slaughtered? Been slaughtered. It's okay. See, I'm not preaching nothing new. Like, I love what Pastor Bronx said a few Wednesdays ago. We're not preaching nothing new. This has been established forever. Might be new to us. But new... This book's been the same for 2,000 years. My preference is King James. There's a million different versions out there. I'd preference, preference. My preference is King James. My preference. I do not have a monopoly. I do not have a monopoly in Revelation knowledge. My preference, like steak. We all like steak. My preference is medium rare. Mexicans and blacks, we like our steak well done. That's beef jerky. Why have a steak, now except for Carl, 
most Mexicans, most blacks in my house, my daughter, my son-in-law, Nathaniel, medium. That's beef jerky, man. Give me my steak moving. Medium rare. My wife, too. Medium. Well done. Just order, just go to the handy, buy a stick of beef jerky, take it to Outbacks and just eat it. Don't ruin a good steak. My son-in-law, too. Lewis, got to be well done. But we like steak. But I like mine medium rare. They like theirs. Well done. Preference. King James. Yours might be something else. No one's wrong and no one's right. Amen? Preference. Just trying to pace myself here. I want to thank uh, Kurt. Kurt, one of my buddies in Tuscaloosa. Usually Sarah helps me prepare with the Bible verses uh, for when I teach. But my buddy's in Ohio. I don't want to bother her. And uh, if it's not her, then it's Terry and Kirsten. But they were working all day long. And usually my buddy Stephen helps me too in, in Tuscaloosa. But... He's out ministering to the Lord or being ministered to God. Quiet time. So I had to call Mr. Kurt. So thank you, Kurt. If you're listening, thank you so much for helping me today. Find the chapters and verses of what I wanted to minister out of. So thank you, Kurt. But uh, happy, happy to be here. I, uh, I started this journey of, I really want, wanted to understand the grace of God because what I've been Hearing, not here, not here. Let me let me clarify. <laughs> let me clarify. I had a guy. Yeah, well, my buddy Darius Prelo. He's a he's a big boy from what I hear. One of Carl's good friends. He's a very meek man. To me, he's one of the meekest men that I know. All he wants to talk about is the word. He wants to talk about the word. The word. That's why me, Terry, and Kirsten get along so good. So we won't shut up. I won't let them have the last word. They won't let me have the last word. We're gonna have we're gonna talk the word. I love it. That's why I go to a home group of another church. And we had a good time with them Monday. And I say that because they're my brothers. I'll say this. I can say this with all humility. It's a mixed group. The guy leading is a deacon in the church, and he and, and he's sharp in the word. He, he knows some stuff. Do we agree on all things? No. But we are so good at friends, me and him, that he knows what I believe. I know what he believes. He doesn't back down. And you know I don't back down. But there is no contention, Mr. Terry. None. No contention at all. He invited me to go break bread with him. I said, I'll go. My wife loves me. We have a good time. We've gone three months in a row. Have a good time. Why do you go? I love hearing the word. He asked me, do you want to share? I said, no, I don't. I just hear it. And plus he made some good burgers money, didn't he, baby? Good old hamburgers. I ate two anyway. But I'm having such a blast with them breaking bread and just hearing the word. And with 12 people that are meek, oh, yeah, I was going to say this. And most of the people that are there, and I talked to him today. 
I said, thank you for inviting us. And he's not trying to recruit me to go to his church. He's a deacon, and we've been friends. He's, he used to be my old literally coach many years ago. When, well, many, about 30 years ago when I was, no, 35 years, no, about 38 years ago. No, about 40 years ago, because I'm 53 now. No, about 42 years, because I played my, no, maybe, no, about 40-something 40, no, 40 years I've known him. He was my minor league coach, and he's a good man, and he invites us over, and we, we break bread, we eat, and we laugh, and, and I told him the day I talked to him, I said, Mr. Bill, I got to tell you something. I said, you're a meek man, and I can learn from you, sir. I said, I think you would understand this statement, Mr. Bill. It's an observation about the group that you have at your house, because he knows I'm an associate here. He knows this is my church that's been well established. That I just I'm breaking bread with somebody else, right? Is is there something wrong with that? No. Talking about Jesus, and I'm eating free food. Amen. Carl said, "Amen" to that real quick. And I said, "Mr. Bill, I gotta say something." And he's he is probably one of the meekest men also that I know. Meek man. He teaches real slow. He does word study. He he you know he's he's a good teacher. And I said, Mr. Bill, the group that you have, there's a lot of young believers there, isn't there, Mr. Bill? He said, yeah, there, there is, Homer. Some are seasoned. Some you can tell they spend time in the Word. But a lot of them, they really aren't that, and I said this with all humility, they really aren't that skilled in the Word. All they, Mr. Bill, said, no, no. I said, but, Mr. Bill, contrasting what I said, but they have a hunger for Jesus. They talk about souls. When they say Jesus, there's something about the way they say it. And I got to hold my tears in. When I get in the car, I told my wife, and she said she agreed. But there's something about them when they say Jesus. They're not skilled in the word, baby, but my God, they want to see people get born again. That should be our desire. Now, you know what the full gospel is. You know the manifestation that we're after. There, there's no, I don't hide that. When I say revival to him, he knows what I mean. He knows what I'm referencing. People born again, but yes, just like they're born again, like in the days of Christ, they were also healed in the days of Christ. He knows what I reference. But you know what? If they're burning to know Christ, and they're burning to get someone born again. That's acceptable, man. Acceptable. And I thanked him today. Thanks for inviting me, Mr. Bill. Thank you. And he's a good man, and hopefully in days to come, we'll all get together once a month and break bread. There's power in it. I talked to an elder this week that I, and when I say I don't talk to people much, it's not that we just, we just don't make the time because they're great God-fearing people, but we just get tied up doing our own thing sometimes. And I had a great talk with a man that an elder here, and we had a great, great, great talk. I enjoyed it. It was about a 20-minute conversation to talk to his wife a little bit. It was a great talk about the word, about issues in life. And we just, 
had a great time. I cherish those moments, man. I cherish them. I don't know my wife's going to try here in the next week or two to do something with the women. She's going to try. I'm sure she'll probably get with Ms. Gay and Ms. Candy and try to do something here at the church. Anyway, I'll let her talk about that. But she said, if nobody comes, it's okay. I want to break bread with my sister. So, of course, she's got to talk to Pastor Bronk about it first. We don't do nothing without his approval, but I'm sure he won't mind. But saying all that, I say this. That I set out to understand the true grace of God. Because really, we have beheld grace sort of as an excuse for inconsistency. Amen. If you're living an inconsistent life, well, we usually use grace as an excuse. But that's not the grace that I behold in the scripture at all. At all. I think I was thinking about Carl the other day. Is Carl here? He's here, isn't he? Thinking about Carl the other day. Carl, when he played Pop Wonder football. I'm going to give you a chance. Did they call him Pop Warner? I know I didn't. Carl was nothing when he played Pop Warner football. Then Carl got to high school. And he exploded on the scene. I didn't miss a game when he was running back. I didn't miss a game. I used to go just to watch him practice at running back. I saw this kid that he wasn't muscular in Pop Warner, but now he looked like the the Hulk, Black Hulk, muscular. And I would go watch him in practice. And in practice, you run plays. They would give him the ball in practice, not, not against the live defense. They'd give him the ball. He would run down the field 40 yards just to get that extra rep, that extra step every play. Just a play to rehearse, but he would go down 40 yards to the end zone and then come back. Carl, it's just a practice run. Every time he got the ball, he would explode through the hole, run as hard as he could. Why? He was good, but he wanted to get better. He was good. He had potential, but he wanted to get better. Every single time, offense, just running plays. Give him the ball, bam, take off, 40 Hey, Carl, it's just practice. He'd every single time run down the field as hard as he could and jog back. That hard work produced a D1 scholarship. Carl didn't play much, not because he wasn't any good, because he, I think he overtrained. He worked too hard, and he was hurt a lot. But I've seen him run the football against some of, one of the best teams in Naples, Naples Eagles. Carl would always run forward. If he would get hit, he'd never go backwards. He was an I-formation runner. Bam, he would run hard. He never went backwards. He was always falling forward. He always ran so hard. It was impressive to watch him. Now they put him a linebacker one time. They, they never put him back there again because he got burnt for a touchdown. 
but he was a hard worker. And he produced, and it produced in him a Division I. He could have played for Wisconsin, but at that time something happened and it didn't, it didn't spring forth. Because Wisconsin is a type of school that has running backs like him. But he had the potential, but he worked hard to get better and better and better. And I was thinking about him when I was thinking about Grace, how hard he worked and how hard he worked to get better, faster, and stronger. It leads me to Grace. An understanding of Grace. I'm going to have some closure for you tonight on grace. But I want you to understand that this is not a teaching regarding your ability to overcome sin. This is not a teaching regarding that matter. It might seem like it, but it is a teaching of Homer Betancourt Jr. Understanding me personally, understanding the true grace of God. Now, Darius Pedro said, Homer, he called me. And Homer, I want to tell you, that's one of the best grace messages. His words, not my words. One of the best grace messages I've ever heard. I said, thank you, Darius. I said, so you don't think it was about overcoming sin? He said, no, you were precise in your teaching that this was a message about grace. I said, yes. That was what I wanted to articulate. Grace, this is not another message about our ability through newness of life to overcome sin. If you feel that that's what I'm establishing, then you're a couple of fries short of a Happy Meal. That is not what I... Now, I'll give you this. Maybe I didn't articulate it well, but hopefully today I can articulate it better. This is a message about me knowing the true grace of God. This is not a message regarding the ability that we have through the rebirth they know to sin. Amen. After 30 years, I talked to a friend last night. I agree. We still shouldn't be teaching to overcome fornication. I agree with that. I concur. Oh, if Ms. Gay, I'm still teaching don't fornicate. We haven't progressed very far. <laughs> As teachers, if what we now, nobody's taught the born again experience like Pastor Bronk has, and we all, it, it initiated with the Word of God. But then Pastor Dave took it to another level. Then Pastor Bronk took it to another level. Then I took it to another level. What we received upon regeneration, listen. We are free from sin through grace. You can fast all you want to. Now, before you stone me, I'm going to have closure at the end of this. The day you gave your life to Christ, you were set free. Tongues, fasting, Bible reading, worshiping the Lord cannot make you any freer than the blood did upon regeneration. It cannot, I don't care 
what you say, you will not convince me in a million years that your fasting, your tongues, your reading of the word of God, your prayer, your worship made you any freer. That is not biblical. Upon regeneration, death was abolished in me. Second Timothy chapter one. And life and immortality were brought to the light by the gospel. That happened through grace. I died internally through grace. I didn't do nothing. Yet the old me was abolished. He was decapitated by grace. I did nothing. And life and immortality were brought to the light by the gospel. I received the spirit, not of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind at regeneration. So please, please, please don't tell me that tongues or prayer or worship or the Bible made you any freer. You are in error. You were made righteous because of the blood. People have a hard time saying that they're righteous. Well, I'm sorry. The last verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, and he who knew no sin became sin for me that I might be made the what? Righteousness of God in him. Is that cut and dry? That I might be made the righteousness of God in him. Why do we make it so hard? You know why? Because schools of theology, denominations, seminary have slaughtered. Pentecostal churches, we have slaughtered the Bible. We've slaughtered it. So I went after grace. I'm going to find out what it means, Lord. So within the last, today for about 10 minutes, I took my Roman CD and I put Galatians in there and heard the first three chapters. But then I, Romans in my CD player again for the second week, over and over again. One mission that I would see with the grace of God. That I would see it for myself. And I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. That grace is strength. It's strength, man. The foundation has been set upon regeneration. I am free. I am free from sin. Through grace. This is the problem in the church. And I'm going to establish grace through the scripture. I can go to the Greek and break down charis. And there's several definitions about grace in the Greek. But I don't think that's relevant right now. I think you need to see it in the context of Romans 6. What it is. And what it isn't. Romans 7, 14. Listen carefully. 
Romans 7, 14, the writer says this. Listen, I scratch my head. This is why this chapter is why people think that we're sinners saved by grace. But this completely debunks that heresy. Completely debunks it. Paul in the scriptures, does he call us sinners or does he call us the other S word? Saints. A saint is a what? A morally pure person. That's what Paul calls us. He calls us, you're called to be saints. You're called to be morally pure. I know where that doctrine comes from. They were sinners saved by grace. It comes because they don't understand chapter 7. They don't understand the grace of God. Romans 7 and 14. But we know that the law is what? But. What does the word but? In contrast, the law is spiritual, but I am what? Carnal. Sold under sin. Do you see a contrast there? A tremendous contrast, right? The law is spiritual, but I'm carnal. Paul's writing regarding a Jew trying to keep the Mosaic law. Again, I'm not establishing our power over sin. I'm establishing what it is to be under grace. I'm going to try to teach it better than I did the other day. And then I'm going to have some closure at the end. Romans 7 and 14. We know the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, stowed, understand. That in itself is enough to convince me that that man is not what? Born again. Would you concur with that thought? But then he goes farther down and proves it again. He said the law is spiritual. Now I can start in Romans 7, 14 because I know the context of Romans, the book of Romans. I know the context of it. So I can start in Romans 7, Verse 4, I can start there because I know the context. If I didn't know the context, it would be unjust in my part to start there. But I know the context of, Romans, of the book of Romans. The law is spiritual, but I'm called a soul under sin. Then he validates this. He said, for that which I do, I allow not. What I would, that I do not. But what I hate, what does he say? That I do. If then I do that, which I would not, listen to what he says, and people will still argue with you. He's talking about a sinner, a born-again believer that's struggling with sin. No, he's not. He said, I consent unto the law that it is good. The law validated what that person was. That person was a wretch. The law proved that that man was a wretch. The law proved that that man was a sinner. It proved it. He said, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now, it is no more I that do it, but what? But sin that what? Dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, what? Dwelleth what? No good thing. To me, do evil is with me, but to do that which is good, I don't find it. Why? Because that man is spiritually dead. If you cannot see that, you don't want to see it. He said, I concede unto the law that it is good. 
In other words, the law talked me in to the, the obvious. I am a sinner. Unregenerate, trying to keep the moral code of the law, the take commandments. I can't do it. He lives his life saying, man, Terry, I wanted to do it, but dang it, I couldn't do it. I don't know what's wrong. I'm a wretch. I'm a wretch, Marty. I, I, again, I missed it again. What a wretch that I am. We're going to define grace. This is how powerful grace is. I concede unto the law that it is good. Meaning, the law told me, it convinced me that I couldn't keep it. I concur with it, that the law is good. You go to Romans 6. I dare to call it the chapter defining grace. The more I see grace, the more I understand that I had nothing to do with my regeneration. Nothing. Grasp that thought. Everything was laid on him. Ephesians says that through grace, I was made, listen to this, I was made to be accepted in the beloved. Check it out. Through grace, I was made. I was made to be accepted in the beloved. Through grace, I did nothing. My name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I received a righteous standing uh, only by what I believed and confessed. I did nothing. I was made to be accepted in the family of God by grace. Grace defined in Ephesians 2 is the grace of God was manifested to us through the kindness shown to us through Christ Jesus. He defined, if you want to know what the grace of God is, look at the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. Did he have inconsistencies? Did he have bad hair days? And if he did have a bad hair day, he wouldn't manifest it. He would live out of that which is incorruptible. He is our example. We always look to Jesus Christ as the example. Do not use your failure to contrast biblical truth. Because if you contrast biblical truth, you are going to defy the word grace and you're going to slaughter it. Don't look at me, man. You should, but don't look at me. Look at Jesus, the author, and what finisher of our faith. Look at him as the example. Look at him. Look at him. Oh, you don't understand. No, no, you don't understand. He is the perfect prototype. Our eyes are on him at all times. He displayed and manifested the grace of God by his conduct toward us and his kindness towards us. So you want to define grace, look at Jesus Christ in the Gospels. That, my friends, is grace. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Far beyond fornication. Far beyond or above adultery. 
my friend Terry said yesterday, that we're, 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 that's distant. But that grace to take us into long-suffering, patience, endurance. Let grace take me and you so we don't care if we live or die for the gospel's sake. Let grace strengthen us to that capacity. Let's not sit here and say, I did it because I haven't fasted or prayed. That is a cop-out. And you're collabor co collaborating with the flesh. You're speaking against the truth because you do not understand the grace of God. Rephrase. Maybe you understand it more than I do. Maybe you do. I'm almost ashamed that after 30 years, I'm just understanding grace. But I'm sorry, that's where I'm at. Romans 7, we established that the man couldn't do what he wanted to do because he was dead. He concurred to the law. The law is good. The law proved that I couldn't keep it, that I'm empty. I'm void of the love of God. I'm not born again. It's established. It's there, man. I won't even argue that with nobody. Paul said in Ephesians 2, the grace of God was manifested to us through the lifestyle and the kindness that Jesus showed unto us. You want to see the perfect example of grace? Look at the Lamb of God. Look at the Lamb of God. The author and finisher of our faith. Romans 6, 6. Again, defining grace. I had nothing to do with what happened to me internally. Grace. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now how did I die? Through grace. I did nothing. He died the ultimate death. He suffered the cross, the pain, the nails, the mark. He was separated from God. People don't think he was. Look, he was the firstborn, first begotten from the dead. He was the first begotten from the dead, from spiritual death. There have been plenty of physical resurrections, even in the Old Testament. The writer is saying he was the first begotten from the dead. Christ had to die spiritually, and then whoo, the glory of God breathed into him again, and he revived again. And because he revived, and the spirit of power is in him, he is in us now, because we believe that he is the Christ. Grace. He did all the legwork, Kirsten. He did all the legwork, and I received all the benefit through grace. He did everything, man. The blood was his. The tears were his. The stripes were his. On him was laid my sin and my iniquity. It was laid on him, and I was the beneficiary of that. That, my friends, is biblical grace. And the grace didn't stop there. Upon regeneration, bam, the life of God was in me. Grace continued, and as I continue obeying the life of God, then I continue in grace, and I grow in it. Grace begot me. By grace is he in me. It's by grace that I live. I am the beneficiary of what he did. I did nothing, man. 
nothing, 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 but believing in my heart that he was the Christ. That, my friends, is true biblical grace. I'm going to stay away from Romans 1 right now because there's some other stuff that I see and I don't have the clear picture of it yet. I got to go back to Romans 1, so I'm not going to teach on Romans 1 tonight. I got the majority of it, the thrust of it, but the manna isn't quite roasted yet. I'm going to leave that alone for now. Are you learning something today? Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. I had nothing to do with me dying internally. He did it. And I received that standing by what he did. He literally died physically and spiritually. I didn't die physically. I didn't feel one nail. But I identified with that death. And I died spiritual death. He died to it. And I was raised from that spiritual death a newness of life because of grace. Am I articulating this okay for you that I'm where I'm explaining this is about grace, not about dominion over sin? Really, it's both. Like somebody said to me the other day, you can't brag about your hand if you don't have an arm. My hand is awesome, but you don't have an arm. Yeah, but if I did have an arm, my hand would be awesome. No. I can brag about my hand if I got an arm because they're together. Thank you, Marty. For just $19.99. Okay, I took Devin Gary. Knowing this, that all men crucified with him to the body of sin. <coughs> Sarah just coughed. That means I got to slow down. Knowing this, thank you, Sarah, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that hence not, we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. I'm dead because of what he did. Think about that. All I believe, standing that I receive is based on a belief that he did it. He did everything. I just believed in here and confessed with this. And by grace, by his kindness, I'm saved. Romans 6 and 11. Likewise. Is that the right verse? Christian? Likewise, it starts with that. Romans 6, 11. Or somebody, anybody? Yeah, okay. Likewise, wreck yourself also indeed dead unto sin through grace, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body you should obey it in the lust thereof. Listen to what I have access to. Listen what I can do based on what he did. He did everything, man. I just believe that he did it. And look at the standing that I received, man. Look at the standing, the power that I received through what he did. I did nothing, 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 nothing. I just believe that he did it. And by believing what he did, I received that standing. And I was 
accepted. I was made to be accepted in the beloved. All based on what he did. You don't think that's enough for me to want to get up and yell and scream, Jesus, you are worthy? You don't think that's elevated my worship and my adoration lately? You don't think I don't get ecstatic about what he did for me? Holy Ghost took me to Romans. Stay there. I want to teach you about grace. And the more I'm learning about grace, my friends. The more excited I'm getting. Because I realize that. I did nothing, Kirsten. But believe. That he did it all. Oh, that sounds cute. You wait. You wait. I'm going to terrorize this Bible. I'm going to tear it up. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to devour it like a refried bean taco. Then I'm going to go see my good friend, Barry Johnson. That's the first person I'm going to go see, Barry Johnson. Good friend. Big old black man, six foot one. I ain't going to say his weight. Barry's more than an elder of mine. I consider him a father of the faith. He is one of a kind. Never gives an opinion. Great shooter, meek, humble, great teacher, great advice about finances, just a good, solid man. He is my brother from another mother, but the same father. I love that man. Barry O. Johnson, y'all know who he is. He's black, I'm brown, but we love each other. He's an awesome man of God. Yes. Real quick. We're going to go back to grace. But I heard something yesterday that was, uh, I liked hearing it. Now, I'll watch the news, but just enough to get me in trouble and just enough to get mad, and then I cut it off. Because nobody reports truth anymore. You can't even say that a, a Fox News conservative. Let me tell you, they're, they're full of it too, man. They're full of it. Now, I like some of the Tyler Perry movies. I know the last ones he's gotten a little carried away, but in every movie, there's morals in it. He's got morals in it. And he said recently, I think he was reading, rebuttaling LeBron James. And Tyler Perry said this. I don't hate Mexicans. Hey Amen. That's good preaching. I don't hate white people. I don't hate black people. I don't hate LGBTU or Q, whatever. 
What, what is it? LGBTQ. I don't hate Asians. I don't hate police officers. I love people. And meet me halfway on this journey. He said that at the Grammy Awards, at the Oscar Awards. Believe it or not, he got a round of applause. Listen, I could care less when Hollywood tries to teach me. I could care less. But I give Tyler Perry credit for that. Because he stood up and he spoke truth. I respect him for that. And he's taking heat for it because they wanted to boycott him now in Georgia. The cancel culture. It's okay, he's a billionaire. Let him boycott him. He got a billion dollars. Boycott me all you want if I got a billion dollars. In fact, I'm tired of working. <laughs> now, I'm not a fan of all that what he does. But I'm a fan of that. He does have morals in his movies. And they're funny. Enough of that. Back to great. Romans 6, 22. But now, grace, being then made free from sin and service unto God, you have your fruit unto holiness in the end, everlasting life. A servant to God based on the spirit of holiness that was given to me upon regeneration. I was made righteous according to grace. And a servant of God, and I've been brought forth to bring forth the fruits of holiness based on what he did. I accepted what he did. I believed what he did. He came and dwelt inside of me through the spirit of holiness. Now I live out of that spirit of holiness. Now I walk in grace because of what he did. Are you seeing the message I'm trying to, to set here? There's nothing that we did. I'm free. I'm righteous because of what he did. Not just for me, but for you. The person that we might not like in our life, make no mistake, Jesus Christ died for that person. Whether they are homosexual, whether they are LGBTQ, whether they're a Muslim, whether they're a, a cop that shot somebody, they were, whether it's a Black Lives Matter, whether it's, it's the, the Mexican drug cartel, regardless if it's a proud boy, Jesus Christ came to ransom every single believer on the uh, every single person on the face of this earth that is grace my friend one man no pressure jesus no pressure but the salvation is the world is on your shoulders no pressures jesus no no pressure the salvation of mankind lays on your shoulders if you sin jesus mankind will not be ransomed no pressure my lord and he took it and he did it. And we're justified through his love. Being now made free from sin and become servants unto God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Serving to God based on what he did through grace. His kindness showed the grace of God. 
I'm alive in Christ and in God because of what he did. I identified and believed how he did what he did and how he lived. I believe that he was chastised, that he was beaten for my iniquity. Think about that now. Think about that. He was chastised for my fault. Somebody had to pay for my sin. Somebody had to pay the piper, man. He paid the piper. And boy, did he pay it in a horrendous manner. When we accepted Jesus Christ, let me tell you something, man. There was an executive order signed in heaven. Stamped with the blood of the lamb written in blood. And if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. No one can disannul that. It's all by grace and by his blood. I was sitting the other day in my couch just worshiping the Lord. I was praying in the spirit. I'm sorry. Let me remember it. Minute by minute, action by action, Lord. No stretch of the imagination. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I spent some good time today with the Lord. I got up at 3 o'clock, not because I was being spiritual, but my wife was breathing real heavy through her nose. So I'll leave it at that. What are y'all laughing at? Where's she at? You in here, sweetheart? Well, I didn't say nothing. So I woke up at 3 o'clock. My wife was breathing through her nose real heavy. Anyway began to spend time with the Lord. And I had a hard time. I never have a hard time. Praying in the Holy Ghost is simple to me as it is to you. I can hear you guys all the time in church. You can hear Barbara Fish. But it was hard this time, this morning, Miss Terry, because of my understanding of grace. It was hard to keep praying in the spirit. Now I want to shift over into I love you, Jesus. Do you see that progression? I had a hard time praying in the Holy Ghost. I just wanted to say, and let me tell you something. Now that I'm understanding grace, all that he did, and I was the beneficiary of that, the I love yous, they're not mechanical. They're not robotic. I can feel substance behind every I love you. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to be robotic or mechanical. I can say, Jesus, I thank you for your blood. And I can feel the substance behind that adoration. And it gets real. And it gets real. I think of the blood. I think about he was my propitiation. I think about that I received the atonement through his blood. And the I love you, Jesus, comes out again. And he comes out again. And again, not robotic, not mechanical, but in adoration. And I do not want to leave you with a false pretense. I'm still a work in progress. If you don't believe me, ask my wife and ask Homer Jr. back there, Julie. I'm a work in progress. But that's my fault, though. 
that I'm a work in progress. The Bible says I've been set free through grace. If I won't contrast that with my progression, I will not. Neither should you. Romans 3. I think it's 21. What's 321 say, Kirsten? Just start me off on it. Make sure I'm in the right verse. But now I got it. I got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsten. Okay. Okay, bye. My son says that all the time. Again, grace. I'm winding down, believe it or not. Do you believe that? But now, the righteousness of God, what is the next word? What's that? This. The righteousness of, but now the righteousness of God without the law, right? Has been manifested and witnessed, listen to this, by the law and the prophet. But now, we're after grace now. But now the righteousness of God without the law has been manifested and witnessed through the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You with me? Romans 3. What's the next verse here? But there is no difference. For what? All have sinned. Listen. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Have you ever wondered what that glory of God is that we fell short of? Can somebody tell me in context what that glory is that we fell short of? Oh, I just gave you the answer. The righteousness of God. Who had access to the righteousness of God in the Old Testament? No one. But now, but now he said, but now, but now what? What's that? The righteousness of God, but now the righteousness of God without the law has been manifested by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God, right? Is that right? By the faith of what? I'm sorry, go help me. I lost my train of thought there. Even the righteousness of God was what? Which is by faith in what? In Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God is a glory that we've come short of. In context which that can be brought. The righteousness of God is a glory that no one had attained to in the old. Because the Christ was not yet what? Manifested. So he manifested 2,000 years ago. Now the righteousness of God is manifested through Jesus Christ. Amen? Next verse, Terry, help me. Okay, yes. Here we go. To be honest with you, I know what it's saying. I just want you to hear it. 
being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. God sent him to be a perfect sacrifice. No blemish in his life to pay the price for my sin. His blood appeased God. I did nothing to appease God. Jesus appeased God. His blood, the spillage of his blood, appeased God on my behalf. I received the ultimate reparation through grace. When he was set forth by God, to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. I believed in him. I believed that through Christ I received the righteousness of God. Through faith in him. Through the justification that is in the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth to be propitiation through faith in his blood. I did nothing man. Nothing I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Bam! Christ came and endured me. And by grace, I was saved. On everything that he did that saved me and sealed me with the Holy Spirit of promise. I did nothing. I'm telling you today. Just because you say you believe in God. That isn't enough. Enter the kingdom of God. You must believe in God through his son. His son spoke the word of God. His son was manifested to take away our sin. And in him is what? No sin. We've all sinned and followed. See, we've slaughtered that verse. We have slaughtered it. Well, you know, all sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's why I cheated on my wife. <laughs> Praise be to God. All have sin. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. No. Under Mosaic law, you were all spiritually dead. You fell short of the glory of God. Because the Christ was not manifested. But now the Christ is manifested and faith through him be the propitiation. Through faith in his blood. Jesus, I believe you came. My faith is that you came. My faith is that you hung on the cross. My faith is that you resurrected on the third day. My faith is that you now live in me. And by grace, by your kindness, I'm saved. Homero, Jose, Betancourt, Junior did nothing, nothing but believe that he did it. That, my friends, is grace. That alone gets me excited to lift up my hand and say, Lord, I worship you. Your blood redeemed me. That is grace, my friend. Grace made me righteous because when I said, Jesus, you are the Christ, 
I received, bam, instantaneously, eternal life. And when I received eternal life, I received the life of God. And when I received the life of God, bam, I was made righteous based on what he did and only on what I believe. He did everything, Carl. You got good as a football player, Carl, based on your hard work. You had the potential, but you worked harder and harder and harder. Me, I got born again in Christ. I got the potential. Now I love and I get stronger and stronger and stronger. See, royalty, the Christ, laid down his life for a commoner, a common person. No title, no nothing. A commoner like me that was a sinner. Royalty. Laid down his life for me. And made a commoner, Kirsten, a high priest. <laughs> Based on what he did. Royalty. Laid down his life for a commoner. And made a commoner, a high priest. I stay, and I want to hear Miss Gage, amen, after this statement. Now the commoner that was made a high priest, it's time that the commoner that's a high priest laid down his life for royalty. I owe him that. I did nothing, Miss Gage, to receive eternal life. That was all through grace. All through grace, through the kindness shown to us in Christ Jesus. He revealed the grace of God to every Hispanic, to every white, to every black, to every Haitian, to every Puerto Rican, to every to every Muslim, to every gay person, to every straight person, to every fornicator, to every adulterer, to every drunkard, to every person that abuses drugs, to every pedophile, to ever to every transvestite. Not to leave them the same. They would come live inside of them. There would be a change in their life. Because if indeed you're born of God and there has not been a change, then you were never born of God. First John chapter 3. He that is born of God said it not, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Let me ask you this, and I'm done. And be honest. I want two people to answer the question. And be, and be very honest. We don't lie. If the answer is yes, say yes. If it's no, say no. I'll let you answer it, Terry. Now I'll let you answer it, Carl. Did Robert sound the same today? Terry, be honest. Carl, see, I think he did. I think he's on the same that he ever has when he does worship. The difference is they have an appreciation for the grace of God. But you're right to an extent, he did sound a little different today. But worship was intimate today because I understand what he did for me. 
and the adoration came forth out of my mouth. He can't praise himself, man. A redeemed vessel has to praise him. A redeemed vessel has to praise him. I'm not a man that's had much dreams in his life. I'm, I'm not a prophet. I'm very seldom I've ever prophesied. And for me to say people have dreams are flaky would be a lie because some people have dreams and visions. That's biblical, right? Book of Acts. I don't. Now, the only dreams I ever have, believe it or not, I'm always about to be eaten by alligators. Honest to God, I'm so glad I wake up. I'm about to be killed by an alligator, eaten. Now I wake up. So, yes, I honestly, I'm t my heart's beating fast, and, and I'm swimming in the bed, and there's no water. I'm trying to get away from the alligator. So many of my dreams that I'm being eaten by an alligator. I know I'm fat, and I look like a buffet to them, but man, leave me alone in my sleep. I'd rather be a Robert and overdose on Chick-fil-A sauce in a dream and die. I don't want to die being eaten by that. would hurt. And then what about if he swallowed me and I wasn't quite dead yet? Then his acid would eat up my pretty face. Let me overdose on some Chick-fil-A sauce in a dream. But about two weeks ago, I began having an image. I'm not going to say a dream. This is a closure that I'm going to bring. The closure. It would be heresy on my part to think that fasting and prayer and worship would not make things a lot easier and actually enforce what we've been declared that's free. It would be a lie, stupidity, and I guarantee you that the message will be pulled from YouTube if Pastor Bronk heard me say that they were not essential. You might stole me in here. Does the gay say amen? Oh, I thought so. <laughs> Don't ever get that mindset. Well, Homer, you're preaching. No, I'm not. I'm saying there's a moral code written inside of us, and we can keep that moral code because we're born again. Have you ever seen somebody receive a revival just by obeying the moral code? No. Jesus did that for 30 years. He obeyed the moral code. Then he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Bam! But to obey the moral code, you can do it. You don't have to fast and pray to obey the moral code because the righteousness of the law is written in your heart and in your mind, which is the, the Ten Commandments. They're written there, man. People don't like when I say that. There's contention. No, let me rephrase. There's no contention, but there's questions. Because they want, basically, to contrast God's word based on their lack of progression. We can't do that. We can't collaborate with the flesh. But we got to stand on the will of God and use him as my example. Lord, I messed up today. I had, a, I had a fit of anger, a rage of anger, but Lord, I look unto you, Jesus. Because you didn't have anger. You are the author and finisher of my faith. I look unto you, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
because what you had working in you was the spirit of God. When I believed in you, Jesus, I received the spirit of God, which was the spirit of Christ. And I live out of that power, the spirit of holiness by the resurrection by the dead. How he lived, we live. We have the same eternal life inside of us. He lived for 30 years sin free by the power of the divine nature. 30 years. And the same grace that was in him, the same grace that's in me, Christ in me, the hope of absolute glory. I can keep the moral code. At regeneration. So now, let's go on to long suffering, Miss Gay. Let's go on to endurance. Let's go on to endurance persecution. Let's, let's kick adultery and fornication and drug abuse. Let, let, let's kick it to the curb. Let's kick strife and hatred. Let, let's kick it to the curb. Let's kick the love for money. Let, let, let's, let's kick that to the curb. Let's, let's kick idolizing our children, our, our spouse, our job, our car, our good looks. Let's kick that to the curb, especially me. Say amen, sweetheart. Hey, you see that? She loves me. I'm going to get you after that. You should respond to that a lot quicker than that. Let's move on now. Let's move on to long-suffering. Let's move on to being persecuted for the word of God. Let's move on to being slandered for the word of God. Let's move on to that. Let's move on for being hated for the word of God. Amen. Let's move on to Hufamane, patience, the force of endurance, the force of consistency. Let's move on to that. Yes. And I had that image, and I'm done. In five minutes, I promise, for real. Huh. Cross my heart. Cross my fingers. I had a little dream or a vision. I never have them. I got sidetracked by the alligators. I had an image, and it's been with me for the last the last two weeks. And I was right there, somewhere in that area. Church was empty. Just me. I had my hands out like this. Didn't know who it was. Don't know if it was a male or female. I couldn't see the face. The church was empty. Yeah, because you're boring, Homer. So anyway, move right along. And I had my hands out like if I was praying for someone. And all I did was say, Jesus. That's all I said. Now, I could feel there was a serenity in the building, in this building. I could feel when I said Jesus, that the mercy and compassion of God flowed through me when I said Jesus. Notice that was in the image of the dream. I'm a work in progress. But you could feel the serenity. You could almost see the serenity in the spirit. It was thick. It was real thick. And I was just there. I said, Jesus. And I felt compassion and love flow out of me. I just said, Jesus. 
Jesus. Jesus. Serenity all around me. You can almost see the serenity. You can almost see it. It was thick. That was a dream. And then today, I felt a level of that serenity. And I know it's because I was stubborn to obey the Holy Ghost and stay in Romans so that I, Homero, Jose, Betangur Jr., would understand the grace of God. And I'm in level one of understanding God's grace. And the I love yous have been more intense, yes. And as I was saying, I love you to Jesus today for a good while. Without thinking, without doing something purposely, without making an adjustment today in my rocking chair, I went, Miss Terry, for my love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. It wasn't robotic. It wasn't mechanical. There was substance behind it. I could see the blood. And I went from a few minutes of I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. To all of a sudden, a shift that I didn't make happen to I love you, my Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And the adoration took me to, I love you, my Jesus. And of course, <laughs> I cried. Well, understanding the grace of God, my friend. Understanding the blood. Understanding that we did nothing. He made us accepted in the blood. He made us. He made us accepted to be accepted in the beloved. He wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life based on what I believe. I believe that he was the Christ. That's what you believe. And he's here today. He's knocking at some of your hearts today. He's calling you, man. By his grace. By the kindness shown to us, the grace of God was displayed and manifested to the world based on the kindness shown to us through Jesus Christ. By grace, your sinful nature will be abolished by nothing than what you did. Think about it. That sinful nature will be abolished the moment you confess him in faith that he is the Christ. beneficiary of what he did make no mistake you must be born again you don't have to be a member of this church we don't need your money we don't beg for your 10 percent. but you got to be willing to acknowledge that jesus christ is the son of god you must believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth and you will be saved your name will be written in the lamb's book of life that my friends is called christianity If you went home today, if you breathed your last breath, would you be with Jesus? 
because once you die without knowing him as redeemer, I can't be there for you to help you. It's over. I asked the father the other day, I said, Lord, why is the punishment of not believing in Jesus, why is it so severe, Lord? Why is the judgment and the condemnation so bitter? Well, someone would burn in a lake of fire the rest of their life. Why such a severe punishment, my Lord? Why? I'll tell you why these last words. Because the love that he had for us was so intense. You disannulled a free gift given by grace. It's a free gift of eternal life based on what he did. He's not asking you to do nothing to believe in your heart and to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Let my buddy Carl, no, I'm sorry. Let my boy Carl gonna develop a potential through the rebirth. Depression to God. So once you give your life to Christ, you pray, you fast, and you grow in grace to walk in more perfected love. Like Carl worked his butt off, got big like the Hulk on purpose because he had a passion to be a good football player. So the passion now is in your lap, man. Christ is here to come and dwell you. If you receive him, you get you a Bible. You find you a church that you feel comfortable with that preaches Jesus and Jesus Christ crucified. I think I know where a good church is. And for $19.99, <laughs> that's a coin of a word. Gary says, anyway. Well, my friends, that's the grace of God. Amen, Miss Terry? That's the grace of God. We live because he died and lived. But Marty, something according, something that meet, that fits the, the time, Marty, with every head bows, or the feet, I'm sorry, that, that, that describes a moment. But Father, every head bowed, every eye closed. Please, no one looking around, we're almost done. Jesus said, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. And I believe God's knocking at your heart. You believe my words. You believe what I'm saying. You believe what I'm saying. Grace is knocking at your heart saying, let Jesus in. So if that's you today, and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you thought just believing in God was sufficient. Amazing grace you got to believe in God through faith in Jesus Christ that God sent him to die on the cross for your sin if you confess that my friend you will be born again but that's you here today every head bowed and every eye closed no one looking around no one looking at you no one judging you but we are praying for you if you feel that you've gone astray over the years, you're bitter in your heart, filled with unforgiveness, 
when a new start, His blood will wash you. If anyone here today that's never given their life to Jesus, and you want to know that if you breathe your last breath tonight, that you would wake up in heaven with Him forever based on His grace. If that's you today, we're going together as a body say this prayer. And if you mean this prayer, there will be an internal change in your life because the old you will die. The sinful nature inside of you will be demolished and decapitated and newness of life will come and dwell your human spirit. If you're ready to give your life to Christ, tonight is your night. Receive the grace of God, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Don't turn away such a divine love, man. Don't reject such an awesome love. Don't reject purity. Don't reject precious blood. Don't reject it, man. There's a terrible end result. Jesus is calling you home. Say, won't you know me? Won't you receive my words as the words of God? So that's you today in these last words. All of us together, corporately, let's say this prayer. And if you're out there and you're going to say it and you mean it, there will be a change. So let's all say together corporately, collectively, say, Father God, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. Jesus, you died on the cross for my sin. You rose again on the third day. Jesus, I believe these words. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sin, Jesus. Wash me with your blood. I thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for your grace. Christ in me. The hope of glory. That's it, my friend. That's what it takes to be a Christian. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, there will be a change in your life. Get your Bible, read it. Start reading the book of Matthew all through the Bible. Read it, read it, read it. Get with me or get with one of the elders. Marty's in the sound booth. Gay, get with Terry, with Barbara Fisky, one of the elders, with Delia. Get with us. If you need help for anything, we'll help you. I don't know who's here. I don't know who's not here, but it's okay. I'll get a chair born again if it wants repentance. But do you understand now, really, truly, a little bit more about his grace? It's all about what he did. And little to do with what I did, but all to do with what I believed. That's the grace of God. Amen. Stand with me, please. What time was it? What time did I get done? Oh, I got a little more minutes. Sit back. I'm just playing. Hallelujah.
You guys were a remarkable crowd. Thank you so much. Father, we bless you. We thank you for your grace, your glory, your honor. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy. Empty us out, Lord. Empty us out. Empty us out of self. May your compassion and your love just spring forth out of our spirit, man. Out of that spirit of power. Love. Give us down. May we hunger and thirst for you, Lord. May we hate everything in comparison to you. Robert, pass out the buckets, please, or whoever. If you have anything to give this afternoon or this evening, the buckets are, are passed out. Just come and give your offering. I guarantee you it's going on good ground. Drop it in the bucket. God bless you. And I can say this more and more with substance. I love you guys, man. Let's be long-suffering with each other because you don't know what we've all been through. You don't know what we've all been through. To me, what I've been through is worse than what you've been through. But to you, what you've gone through is worse than what I've gone through. We've all gone through stuff. But let's love each other through the stuff that we've gone through. Amen. God bless you, man. I love all of you. See you guys Sunday.